Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. This is a very exciting episode, episode number 100, and I am here in Studio A at Beit Tehillah Congregation with Pastor Nick. Hey, Pastor Nick. It's great to be here. It is great to be here. Listen, not only is today the centennial, right, the 100th episode of this podcast, which is exciting in and of itself, but it's also my birthday. We're recording this on Tuesday, June 18th, 2019, and well, it's my birthday. birthday. You know, you, you gave it away. What do you I mean? I was going to surprise you. You were? And sing happy birthday to you, but you just well then sing happy birthday to me. Bust it out with this whole thing about happy birthday. I told your wife yesterday. Ah, oh. I'm gonna surprise you. Ah, oh. but you surprised me. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, listen, you know. All right, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Ryan. Happy birthday to you. And many more. Man, that is... Many, many, many more. I really... I feel that. Do you I like th- that? Thank you so much. A little bit of Sinatra, maybe? I appreciate that. I don't even feel like I, something. I, I took the wind out of your sails there. I feel well, like listen, you, I you am so job. happy that you're 33. Because we know historically what happened at 33. Uh, Jesus was crucified. Suffered, died, and was buried. And rose again. But rose again. <laughs> rose again. Yeah, I'm 52, so, uh, you know, I'm enjoying my retirement. I'm wondering if you can do the whole rise again thing without the whole suffer, dying, and burying thing. You know, I'm just wondering. No, it was already foretold. Hey, listen, some of us might be able to not see death. And that's, that's true. I'm counting on Those who be alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet him in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. That's me. What are you, like quoting scripture over there? Sure, why not? Man, it's sort of like a Bible podcast Let's do or it. something. Let's All talk right, about so, our listeners. We love well, you listeners. We do. So let me go you through. You guys rock. Let me go through a list of folks, okay? So you're out there every week, week in and week out. And you think this is a one-sided thing because there's all listening and you can't just like directly talk back to us. Well, first of all, my email address is Ryan, R-Y-A-N, at topraise.net. So for those of you that aren't emailing me, your questions, your feedback, and all that kind of stuff, I don't want to say shame on you because I don't want to put shame, guilt, or condemnation on anybody. But come on, send, send a brother an email. I mean, the least you could do is tell me happy birthday, donate online for you know whatever our place in israel or whatever the podcast the videos that we're going to start doing whatever you know which you can do that at to praise.net by the way um but i want to go through a list of folks um and i this list of folks you guys do a lot of listening and every week week in and week out listeners these are top listeners so but before i tell you who the top listeners are i just want you guys to know i don't know if every single one of you guys has left a review but you're doing a whole lot of listening to this podcast to not be leaving a review on iTunes or on SoundCloud. So go ahead and get on that. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, there's got to be some give and take here. All right. So first and foremost, we're going to start with Lester Gonzalez. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, Iris Rivera. Awesome. Uh, lots of listens. John Hackett. Uh, Stephanie Arroyo Reyes. My, my own mother-in-law, Bruni Bartolome. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you, Bruni. Yep. Uh, Mr. Mike Ferguson, my boy. Bill Carter, my other boy. Jane Owens, all the way over in Fort Lauderdale now. Uh, Missed and never forgotten. We love you. Heard you were sick. We're praying for you, by the way. Uh, Hope you get better. I know that uh, going through like whatever stomach bug or whatever, those things can be rough. 
Amanda De La Rosa. We miss you guys. Love you guys. We Arizona. That's right. We can't wait to see you again. <clears throat> Desiree Gonzalez, Larissa Zapeta. These two are inseparable, by the way. Uh, it's funny that they're like right around the same amount of listens on the podcast. You'd think they listen together, but both of their names are on there about the same amount of times. Um, Mr. Reese Letcher, thank you for listening, brother. We love you. Uh, somebody named Trudat. Now, I don't know... Uh, I don't know what your real name is, but all I could say is you're he listening vi- to the podcast. Vi- he visits True Dad. Yes. You think he, so? He visits occasionally, oh, yes. Sweet. True Dad. I recognize his sons. True Dad. Oh, it's True Dad. Would that be uh, Mr. Oh, okay. Well, then I won't. I'll leave it alone. All right. Mr. Jeff Calder. Thank you for listening. Uh, Elba Martin and Crystal Bugle. I'm thinking maybe that's Joe. Maybe it's Crystal, but Joe and Crystal are married. Maybe they listen together. I don't know. I mean, I, we'll take what we can get. Let's get the word out. We, we will take Tour what we can get. Tour is relevant for today. So thank you guys. Thank you guys for listening. We love you. We appreciate you. Um, obviously, we wouldn't continue doing this week in and week out if we didn't have you guys listening because then we'd just be kind of talking to the wall. We could just shut the mics off. And we might still do that, honestly. That's how passionate we are about the Torah and the Torah portions and, and, and the Word of God and, and Jesus and all that and trying to get the yeah, message out. Yeah, if he's out. writing it on minds and hearts all over the world, Jeremiah 31 and Hebrews 8, then uh, we need to share it through the podcast. That's right. But not to beat a dead horse, but if those of share you that are others. listening, go ahead and go over and review the podcast, please. Just just go do it. Go review it. Send me an email too, ryan at topraise.net. And then also uh, we have some exciting guests coming uh, this weekend. Uh, June uh, 22nd, and then again on Monday, June 24th, we have Mr. Luke Hilton from Hyavel Ministries. And his uh, wife, Olivia, and children. And his wife, Olivia, and their children. And so we are very excited to host those guys. Um, you know, they, they do an awesome work over there in Israel, uh, serving the Jewish farmers over there. And I just cannot tell you guys enough that if you're going to support a place over in Israel— uh, somebody that's actually boots on the ground doing ministry and really serving the Lord and, and fulfilling right. prophecies. Actually, real fruit. Yeah, real. Yeah, exactly. The Jewish farmers. Actual fruit. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, these guys are the ones to support. So we would we would love uh, for you guys to to live stream on Shabbat on the twenty second or even on Monday, uh, and then next month, bum bum bum, we have Mr. Nadi Ram uh, from Lev HaOlam Ministry. Um, they. Uh, they they basically help support uh, the small businesses. Of, He's all into justice of Samaria and justice and and Judea occupying the land. That's right. And so actually, I was Living. just messaging back and forth with Nadi uh, right before this podcast. And so we love Nadi, and we can't wait to see him as well. So uh, I know that's like what a whole bunch of you know stuff. Hundredth you know podcast, our centennial, my birthday. Luke coming, Naughty coming, reviews, a whole list of folks that listen to the podcast. Three days from the season of summer starting. Ooh, yeah, the 21st. You know, I don't really get excited about the summer months. Well, we can avoid the, uh, the mistakes of the past, trust me. You think so? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to dig into the Torah. The temple. We're going to dig into the Torah so that we, we can, can maybe learn from their mistakes. What do you think? As examples, yes. Okay. So this week's Torah portion is Shalach Lacha, which is Send Forth. It can be found in the book of Numbers, starting in chapter 13 and verse 1, and ending in chapter 15 and verse 41. All right. We're going to have a commission to search Canaan. This is going to be found in uh, Numbers chapter 13, verses 17 through 25. Just a little uh, plug here. Three key words found in the book of Numbers. Service, war, and wilderness. Service, war, and wilderness. And, of course, we know that the... uh, Book of Numbers is broken up into three parts. Uh, we have the first part at Sinai, the second part to Moab, and the third part 
at Moab. So the first part at Sinai is, of course, a few weeks takes place. Preparation for the journey. Then we go to Moab, which is the journey itself, about 39 years. And last but not least, we are at Moab on the plains of Moab near the Jordan River at the gate to the land. This takes place, of course, within a few months. So uh, once again, uh, think about this. Consider this. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. So we just had in the last podcast episode, the last Torah portion, uh, Miriam and Aaron, of course, they contest Moses' leadership and where he's at and what he's doing. And uh, Miriam, of course, is struck with leprosy. Moses, of course, loves his big sister. She's the firstborn. Uh, Moses is the youngest. And Aaron's the middle child. Of course, we know that through the golden calf incident and everything else that Aaron got into. Watch out for those middle children, the middle child. So um, she's set outside the camp. She's healed. And when she comes back in the camp, the camp begins to move on. So, you know, poor Moses has got some sibling rivalry going on. Some of you can probably relate to that. Uh, love your siblings, pray for them, but there's a lot of that going on even today. So uh, we get to move into, of course, the commission to search Canaan, and Ryan is going to read Numbers chapter 13, verses 17 through 25, as we embark on the great journey. All right, it says, And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said unto them, Get you up this way southward and go up into the mountain, and see the land, what it is, and the people that dwelleth therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many, and what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, and what cities they be that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds, and what the land is, whether to be fat or lean, whether there be wood therein or not, and be ye of good courage, and bring of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. So they went up, and searched the land from the wilderness of Zen unto Rehob, uh, as men come to Hamath. And they ascended by the south and came unto Hebron, where Ahiman, Sheshai, Shishai, and Talmai, the children of Anak, were. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. And they came unto the brook of Eshkol, and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes. And they bear it between two upon a staff, and they brought the pomegranates, uh, and of the uh, they brought of the pomegranates and of the figs. The place was called the brook Eshkol because of the cluster of grapes, which the children of Israel cut down from thence. And they returned from searching of the land after forty days. Wow! Here we go. Now the following 12 tribes were represented by their heads to spy out the land. We have, of course, uh, Reuben, Simeon, Judah, Issachar, Ephraim, Benjamin, Zebulun, Manasseh, Dan, Asher, Naphtali, and Gad. Now, here's a great question. What was the reason for going into the land? In Numbers 13, 17, it was to, of course, spy out the land to observe it, to take note, okay? And, of course, we know as we move on in the story, the spies entered the land from the south. So they came in from the south, and, 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 and of course, they, uh, they came in from that direction. And then, of course, Moses told them to bring back the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. Now, I, so it's telling us that the agricultural season. Right. And that's found in Numbers 13, 20, uh, which is interesting because the grape harvest begins in July and August in Israel. 
So if it's the time of the first ripe grapes, we could say that it was the summertime. Right, and they're bringing back grapes, pomegranates, and figs. And what's interesting about that, I mean, just imagine for a minute, right? So you've been eating manna now for two years, <laughs> right? The only meat you had was the quail that got rained down on you, and you're, you probably will never eat quail again for the rest of your life. Uh, maybe your kids will eat quail, but you probably won't eat quail, right? So to see grapes, pomegranates, and figs is a pretty exciting experience, I think. Don't you think? Oh, you know, grapes, pomegranates, and figs, you can't beat that. I mean, think about it. So it, it took the 12 spies uh, 40 days to spy out the land. So 40 is the number for testing. Mm. Remember, it, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. Yeshua, and Jesus instead of was passing in, the test, they tested the Lord. And, awesome. and, of course, you know, Yeshua was in the wilderness for 40 days. Uh, we have Teshuvah is 40 days. Um, so, you know, the, the, the spies took 40 days to, to spy out the land. And, of course, the spies said that the land flowed with milk and honey. You know, I like uh, half and half of my coffee in the morning and honey in my tea at night because I'm an old chap. Oh, we like a spot of tea. So we're moving into... <laughs> you like that? It's just So, funny. you know, I just found out about my DNA and everything, you know. And I mean, it, like... It's fine. It's, it's all good. Now, it's all good. Know? I love Winston Churchill. And long live the queen. <laughs> now, here we go. This is where it gets to be very interesting. Uh, in Numbers 13.30, And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. I feel like we're kind of skipping there. So let me, let me just... I know, but I mean, I'm just trying to draw the story because it's going to get to the evil report is what we're doing. Well, I mean, the evil report's right here. It's but right here. Here, here it is. The, the thing is, and, and so Caleb kind of stood out. He's from the tribe of Judah. There's 12 spies, and here we go. And of course, uh, in Numbers 13, 32, uh, an evil report was given by the majority of the spies in regard to their mission. An evil report. That you know. stinks. It really does. An evil report was given, uh, and of course, you know this is this is what we're seeing in, in chapter thirteen. Uh, an evil report. So we know Caleb and Joshua are going to have a good report. These ten give a bad report. So do you have any thoughts on that before we move into uh, chapter fourteen? Well, you know, I, I think that um, I think I do. Right. So I was we were talking last night in our little group, and I would try to imagine this situation about the the whole thing you know god has told moses and aaron about the land that they're going to go in and they're going to possess it and so i kind of came up with my own little analogy and i thought of you pastor nick and let's say that you've decided that we're going to go to a resort you ever you ever been to a resort yeah yeah so we're going to go to a resort right and so um you know in the brochure in the way that it's being explained to us by by the pastor our leader is that, hey, there's going to be a spa, there's great restaurants, it's it's uh, all-inclusive resort, so, you know, you don't have to tip anybody, you don't have to pay for any food, you just go, you order whatever you want, you eat whatever you want, you go, you know, there's there's slides for the kids, there's great pools and everything, so you can like a tourist. Oh, man, you just have a good time, right? Is that what you're saying, a spy is, is truly a tourist? Well, no, that's not where I'm actually going. I'm, I'm going, I'm trying to imagine, right? So So what happens is, is pastor tells us, you know, hey, this is this is where we're going. This is the resort. And then some of the people nowadays, you know, because nowadays the reports are actually given online in the in the form of reviews. And so the people go on there and they look at the reviews online and the reviews is just one star, one star, one star. Now, you had told us that it was a seven star and there's only possible five stars. Absolutely. I mean, we're talking divine 
stars. All right, but we go on to the online and there's only one star. And then when you read the reviews, it's like, you know, there's gangs that sell drugs, you know, all around and they come and they steal your children for ransom, you know, or, you know, hey, there's bed bugs in the rooms or, you know, hey, there's, you know, there's just all these things that they say about this resort, right? But we're supposed to come and possess it and it's going to be our inheritance. We're going to own this resort and we're going to live there and we're going to take care of it and all that, right? That's right. And then you're saying that this is what God did. So the people come... The glass is half full. So here's the question. In this situation where you're saying, hey, we're going to go on this vacation and we're going to have this resort and the reviews say all those things, I mean, put yourself in the shoes of the people at this point. What do you think? You think, you know... Listen, 10 people ruined it for a lot for of millions, people. For millions of people. Thousands upon the thousands. The bad report. A bad report. Yeah. And, and I want to encourage all of you that are listening uh, to this podcast that if you think about the word promise... Epigelia. This particular word means a divine assurance of good, everyone. Okay? A divine assurance of good. So if you want your inheritance, if you want what's coming to you, if you're believing for it, the land has to be a part of it. It just has to be. If you're the seed of Abraham and you're in Christ, you are, you are the descendants, you're in Christ, then of course you know uh, the land is given to the children of Israel. The land is given. You should w- want to be going to the land, interested in the land. And this is really what's happening right now. All the focus is really on the land. Even in Judea and Samaria, you know, I mean, Jews can't even build their own homes and live there. And here we are wanting to take Beit Tehillah and plant it over there and have a Beit Tehillah Israel. But, you know, this is what's in our heart, everyone. And, and it's a choice. It really is. You know, it's offered to everyone, but not everyone's going to take it. So what do you think about that, Ryan? You want to move on to 14? Um, yeah, I mean, we can move on to 14. I agree. Not everybody's going to take it. And, you know, it's unfortunate because, um, you know, God That's has a such a, an awesome plan. And so the trick here is to believe God and to have faith. There's plenty of detractors. There's plenty of distractions. There's plenty of people saying the opposite of what we believe, and we don't buy it. And so where the rubber meets the road is when God says to move, you move. And when God says to go, you go. Praise the Lord. You know, I don't think we need to read this. We just got to get into it. Yeah, for, for the sake of time. There's so much to, to go over. We would normally read Numbers chapter 14, verses 1 through 10. And here's the little caption, the little title. The people murmur. Man. Oh, yeah, they, they believed the wow. bad report. Here we go. All the children of Israel lifted up their voices, cried, and wept that night after they heard the evil report. I heard the resort has bed bugs Numbers and there's 14. gangs that you steal know, your children. It's kind of like, oh, you want to go to Israel? Aren't you afraid? Mm. Israel's not safe. Listen, this is happening every day, people. That's right. Why would you want to live in Israel? That's Rockets. a dangerous place yeah. and this and that. And, and, and they give Israel an evil report. Oh, they're occupying. This is apartheid, you know, and this and that. And they're controlling the, the other people and blah, blah, blah. You know, and so what happens is now, you know, uh, it, we got to move on the story. But, you know, now all the children of Israel, they murmur against Moses and Aaron. Not good. You know, they murmur against Moses and Aaron. Now, remember, now Egypt, okay, Egypt is a picture of the world. Now, hear me out, Ryan. Now, Joshua and Caleb were what? They were in Egypt, too. That's right. They came out into the wilderness. And what's the wilderness experience, everyone? It's life. Oh, yeah. But how many of we want to go to the promised land? So who gets to go to the promised land in the end anyway? Joshua and Caleb, who came out of Egypt, who did the time in the wilderness. So, Ryan, thank you, Holy Spirit. Ryan, check this out. So right now, we're in the wilderness, making our way towards the promised land. The wilderness, it's the experiences of life. 
He says, I will allure her and speak tenderly to her heart in the wilderness. Wait, there's a land that's been promised to me? There's there's a land promised to you. What? I mean, the land, the scriptures, and the people are all synonymous. Come on. Now, now here's the fear, you know. Now, 10 people ruined it for so many people. And this is why we talk about fake news and fake reporting and, and all this other stuff. What's the real facts? That's what I love about Hayo Vell. You know, when he comes... He's going to give a good report. He's going to say, look at what we're doing. We're producing, what, last year was 350 tons of grapes. That's real no, fruit. No, it was like four. So, so they murmur against Aaron and Moses. So, so the congregation said that their wives and children would be a prey if they entered the land. So now a spirit of fear has come upon oh, them. Yeah. And they're saying, man, our wives and our children are going to be at risk. Like God's setting them up, you know. It, it just doesn't make any sense. And, of course, what happens? The children of Israel wanted to appoint a captain and return to Egypt in Numbers 14.4. Yeah, because, so have... because I mean, think about how irrational that thought is, though. Now so let's, let's your, go back to your Egypt. your God just decimated the whole land, killed the firstborn of the Pharaoh. They literally chased you out, but yet you can go back now? Like, what? You know, it's funny, Ryan. <laughs> it's like a dog returning back to its vomit. That's in, that's in Proverbs. My thing is, I don't have anything to go back to. No, there's nothing to go back to. I have nothing to go yeah, back Egypt to. Egypt does not I, exist. You know, <laughs> I always say this, fail forward. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Though a righteous man falls seven times, so he can still get up. Listen, if I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail forward, not backwards, right? So here's the situation. Now it's out of control, damage control. We need public relations. So Moses and Aaron, they fall on their faces before the assembly. They fall on their faces, and that's a sign of intercession and praying like oy vey, and they fall on their faces, you know. And so, you know, among the 12 spies, the only two that gave a good report was Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. So Joshua and Caleb give a good report, which, by the way, Joshua was an Ephraimite. Caleb was from the tribe of Judah. That's right, you know, Joshua and Caleb gave a good report. Now, think about this. It's kind of like me a little bit. I tell people the good news. I say, hey, listen, this is what Beit Tehillah is going to do. This is awesome. Listen, we have guests that are Jewish from Israel, right? Jews from Israel coming and sharing, and we're building a relationship, you know. And you know what they want to do? Just like here. The congregation wanted to stone Joshua and Caleb. <laughs> like Pastor Nick's lost his mind. He's going to Judaism. He's bringing people in here that don't even have Jesus. And, and they want to stone me. They're, they're, they're saying, you know, leadership is just, you know, it's off the rails, you know. And I'm thinking, no, this is God's plan. Think about it. How can the two houses come together unless you're in the same room, unless you have a relationship, you know. And so, like, we have these two sticks that become one in his hand in Ezekiel. You know, one's Ephraim and one's Judah. Ephraim means the nations. All these people coming out of the nations need to understand the promises and the prophecies that have already been foretold. So here we go. Now this is all playing out, right? It's like it's like me being the leader of Beitiel. I let things play out. Because guess what happens now? In Numbers 14.10. Uh-oh. Whoa-whoa. Uh-oh. The glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation. So now there's an evil report, there's this moaning and groaning, and now, you know, there's this intercession with Moses and Aaron, and of course a good report from Joshua and Caleb, now the glory of the Lord appears. And what happens? Man, the Lord wanted to smite the children of Israel with pestilence and disinherit them at this point. I mean, they're just like so wayward this, children. This is Moses' second opportunity to let God wipe out the people and start fresh. 
this is it. He's like, you know, and uh, the Lord wanted to take Moses and make a greater nation mightier than the children of Israel. Numbers 14, 12. He says, all right, Moses, I'll take you. And from you, I'll have a people. That's right. You know, and, and so what happens? The, the great intercession of Moses, uh, the Lord did pardon the people because of Moses and spared, he spared their lives. Which, which is powerful. So, I mean, he that's, spared their lives. That's a big deal. Um, what a cataclysmic event. I mean, you know, he, he brought them out to bring them in. And, and there was a, a, a large number of people on this journey. So I have know. a question for you. Why is the act of personal intercession better than pointing the finger in judgment at others who have fallen short? Oh, th- I'm glad you asked that. You know what comes to my mind? Tell me. What does come to your mind? This is what comes to my mind. I like that. Why is the act of personal intercession better than pointing the finger in judgment at others who have fallen short? I would like to read to you from the New Testament about judging others. Here's Yeshua, Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Now, let me give you another version. Okay. This is the international pastor well, version. Well, your brother's got a toothpick in his eye, and you've got a two-by-four. How about that? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Wow, there you have it, folks. Judge not, lest ye be judged. So in other words, it doesn't mean don't judge. No, it doesn't mean don't judge. It means judge yourself first. Yeah, judge yourself first. You know, that's like, you know, a lot of times we'll just jump into people's business and conversations. You know, that's like an A-B conversation. See your way out. <laughs> don't don't grab a, a strange dog by its ears, you know. And, and it's funny how we go throughout life and it's like, <laughs> I'm just saying. I see this I'm all sorry. the time. You know, it's like my grandmother, my nana, God rest her soul. She used to have these just crazy sayings, you know. Some of them you can't repeat. Uh, especially in church, but like one of them that I used to love was, uh, you make me more nervous than a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. You know, it's just like, where do you come up with As you get stuff? older, Ryan, you're going to love the same. Rats, rat, that's, and wrong don't belong to nobody. Listen. Interpret that for me, that's please. That's what the sages do. <laughs> they have sayings. So, so I'm just telling you, we run around correcting everybody when we should be correcting ourselves, you know? Uh, and so I like that, you know, I like how we're doing that to ourselves. So, yeah. And, and you know what? God will show us how we can help one another. Well, and, and you know what? I think that this is an interesting perspective because the natural thing, because, you know, Jesus, he's smart. I don't know if you guys have caught on to that. He's smart, smart dude. And what he's saying here is he's saying that you should introspect first and that when you get yourself figured out, you then were going to have the compassion and the maturity from the experience that you have had by going through it yourself to then help other people. Absolutely. And, and at the end of the day, that you know... And then this word judge is not going to be the pointing of the finger type of judgment. It's more of the, hey, let me put right. my arm around you and bring you into a better way. That's the type of judgment. You, you know, Beit Tehillah has, has come thus far because of this. God gives us a revelation, a vision... And, and we pursue it with the people that attain to that instruction. You know, Ryan, I'm not worried about the, the people that are indifferent or this or that or second-guessing me. I don't, really, I don't really care because the bottom line is that I've presented it to the people. 
And our success is meted out by accomplishing it. And I'll tell you, Ryan, we have accomplished it every single time. Everything God has shown us to do or brought us to do, we have accomplished. So why should we stop now? You run in the race, eh? You know, why, why should we stop now? So, so this is an interesting thing. Uh, the people tempted the Lord and refused to hearken to his voice ten times. Man. Ten times now. You thought he would have gotten it gate, by like, leaving like Egypt, time number four. And, and of course, ten is a minion. Remember, if there's ten righteous men, would you save the city? Remember Eliezer, the servant of, of Abraham, to find a bride for Isaac, takes ten camels, goes on a journey. The ten days of all. The ten lost tribes. I, I, I like this one. Uh, how many tribes are lost? And they go, oh, ten. None. God knows where every one of them are. Boom. Boom. Drop the mic. So the number ten. Please don't ten drop the mic. Ten days of all. It goes on and on and on. Um, and so, you know, we're in chapter 14. And, and I'm going to have Ryan read Numbers chapter 14, verse 29. Yeah, this is a sad verse. I, I don't like verses like this. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, it must be because I'm a millennial, you know. Let's get, let's get to it. It says, oh, yes, sir. Your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness, and all that were numbered of you according to your whole number from 20 years old and upward, which have murmured against me. Man. And 1 Corinthians, uh, I do believe, uh, chapter 10, will discuss the, the five tests yeah. that will happen at the end of the ages for Israel, those that are grafted in, those that are scattered throughout. The last one is murmuring. You know, how could we murmur in America? We've got everything, food, shelter, clothing. Uh, I want to go to Hebrews chapter 3, verses 15 through 19, to show you the power of this. It says right here in Hebrews three fifteen. While it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he greed forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not? Verse 19. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. So, Ryan, we got to think about this, man. We talk about, man, I'm going to heaven. I'm going to live with Jesus forever. I have eternal life. Yeah, but what about the promises of God for the earth to, to live out, to do, once you discover these things? And this Greek word, unbelief, is apistia. It means disbelief or unfaithfulness. Ooh. So the phenomenon is this, Ryan. This is the miracle. This is the thing that's happening that people are overlooking. The Jewish people, the hearts are being turned towards those Christians that love Israel, that love the Jewish people, especially us that have some things in common with the Jewish people. We serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you know. Um, we love the Sabbath, the Torah, the feast days. We have all these things in common, you know. The prophets, I mean, it's all right there. So there we, there we go in, 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 of course, Hebrews. And, and this is what this word depicts, unbelief, unfaithfulness. Ooh. So here's the thing, Ryan. No prophecy is of private interpretation. So let God do these prophecies. We just fulfill them. We walk in them right. to, to see them come to pass, you know? And, and, and it is a choice, Ryan. It really is a choice how we express our faith. So I would love well, and there's a picture to be a Christian with Torah in the land of Israel. And there's a picture of the lesson of having a good report and that it has rewards. And that's in verse 30, the very next verse after he says that they're going to die in the wilderness. 
He also tells them that, hey, Caleb, son of Jephune, and Joshua, son of Nun, they're going to actually make it all the way through from Egypt. That's a good point. All the way into the promised land. And that's a good point. And I think those that are among the natural branches, the Jewish people, Judah, and those non-Jews that are coming out of the nations that are Ephraim. Right. Okay. And that's what's happening. You know, and, and so as we move on into the story of Numbers 14, uh, the Lord said that he would bring their little ones into the land. See, Ryan, we don't have to fear for our children. You know, we, we do this uh, small group tour study every Monday night, and the facilitators are rocking it. They're bringing it every week, man. They don't miss. Let me tell you, I got the greatest facilitators as I'm handing out crayons and sharpening pencils. They are just taking over this thing, and, and it's really awesome. We had eight groups last night maxed out. And it was so awesome to see this, that we, we had 82 people, you know, and 24 were youth under 18. Wow. And as we say, have two people come up as a consensus of the group to share what you've learned as, as, as a group that night. Uh, we have young people coming up. It is really transforming. We're literally seeing in the last days in Joel, Peter says it as well, our sons and daughters will prophesy. It is so important that we give them a voice that we say, Hey, listen, you know, so I don't fear for my children. You know, uh, it's funny, you know, Josiah works at Chick-fil-A and Nehemiah got a job there through Josiah because they like to hire siblings and everything. And so Saturday night, Josiah had to train Nehemiah in Chick-fil-A. So it's the coolest thing. Hey, that's my bro. You know, he's, yeah, he's training me. I wonder and, how uh, Nehemiah, Nehemiah like is that. like tempting me like, hey, come on, I'll make you a milkshake, you know. So I'm like, now nah, wait till you get a little more experience um, before I drink that milkshake. So we don't have to fear for our children. And I hear a lot of people saying that, oh, I fear what's coming in the future for my, my children and my grandchildren and where this world's heading and, and going. Listen, you're children of the promise if you're in Christ. You're children of the promise, a divine assurance of good, Ryan. This ain't a beat down of, of tribulation and I'm taking you out. No, this is about attaining to the promises of God. And that's what's happening all over the world. That's why as a community, we're trying to make sense of this. We're trying to make sense of this. And so he goes into Numbers 1434. So after the number of the days in which you searched out the land, even 40 days, each day for a year, shall ye bear your iniquities, even 40 years, and you shall know my breach of promise. Man, you know. Ryan, think about it. I do. And here's what I. You want to jump in there? I do. Here's what I wonder. Breach of promise. Because I think about, you know, a lot of folks, um, you know, wonder, because every generation that's been alive since Yeshua's um, ascension has, has hoped for his return. We've all had this hope. Now, we see certain prophetic signs in the earth today that lead us to believe that uh, he is, in fact, coming soon. And I believe that, by the way. Um, but I wonder if church leadership has blown it over time. I just wonder. And I'm not saying they have. I'm Maybe not, it's just the timing of it all. I don't even have a specific instance that well, I'm God thinking knew. of. But here's what I wonder. I wonder, because think about it. You get to the edge. You get to the gate to the land, so to speak. And then you give a bad report. And so I wonder if that's happened once or, or, or more it was times part of the scattering. over the years. I think the church age, Yeah, we know that God didn't create some brand new entity in Acts 2. No, of course but not. It's a continuation of what yeah. God is doing and how he's doing it. Yeah, the church was but, in the wilderness. But, but it's interesting, you know, a gentleman was telling me that, you know, Christianity and Judaism, or Christians and Jews, have run parallel throughout history. Sure. Side by side. But what's happening, Ryan, right now is the, the, their paths are intersecting. Oh, again, yeah. It, there's an intersection now of conversation 
and association. Yeah, yeah. You know, interesting. And and so once again, if you look at this breach of promise, you you shall know my breach of promise. What is what does this mean? The breach of promise means the altering of my purpose. Mm. And so we have this question, how has the Hebrew Roots Movement missed the purposes of God today? I'm going to just give you a few examples how I believe that they have missed the purposes of God. Once again, church bashing. You miss the purpose of God. Church bashing. You know, it's like we get our Hebrew Roots and all of a sudden we hate the church. It's like, what are you doing? You know, the church is the ecclesia, the called out ones. They got you, you know? here. <laughs> so, so church bashing. I love this one. We begin to speak ill of ministers and ministries. You know, uh, I know truth is truth, a lie is a lie, and heresy is heresy, but, but think about it. Uh, speaking ill of ministers and ministry. So we have a saying here that we like to do. Tell me what you're for, not against. You know, and, and, and from the pulpit, you know, we can point out all the things that are wrong in life in this world, but let's point out what is right. Yeah. Let's, 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 let's point out, you know, we have, you know, uh, challenging subject matter out there and conversations and things. But, but you know, if, if we want to really think about marriage, you know, the, the Bible defines a marriage between a man and a woman. So let's strengthen our marriages. Let's, let's teach betrothal instead of dating. You know, these are all the things that we should be doing instead of what everybody else is doing out there and unnatural love and all this other stuff. Let's concentrate on that. You know, I agree. Um, and so this is just some examples, you know, uh, being an Island, Isolation. In the Hebrew Roots movement, they like to keep to themselves and build yeah. their little Jerusalem, like a fiefdom, you know. I watched Rick Steves Europe, and, and he talked about these families would have control of a certain block, and every home would have a tower, and that was your kingdom, your territory, you know. You had to hang on to it. And God forbid, you know, if, if you went outside the gates or whatever. Um, so the Lord described the congregation as evil, you know, in, in Numbers 14.35. He was really kind of fed up. Uh, if you actually look up evil and do a a word study and break it down, the root of it, it actually means nothing. It, it amounts to nothing. Right. So eventually there's not going to be any evil in God's kingdom. Hmm. Nothing. It means nothing. See, it really shouldn't even exist, but it does. But the connotation is that when you do evil, you bring harm and you do things, but in the, the broad scope of things in a positive light, it means nothing. Right. So you're not really, you're not really doing good at all. Um, you know, I tell you, you know, when, when Moses told the people that they would not enter the land of promise, they mourned greatly. They said, listen, you're not getting a second chance. You're not going in the land right now. You so, are not going in the land. Man, they mourned. There was wailing and crying. And so you they know, lose hope gosh, at this can point. Can you imagine like when you tell your child something like, hey, we're going somewhere. We're going to go to this park or we're going to go to this place. And then they, they mess up or something happens. And you say, you're not going. Oh, man. The tears just come, you know. They know they messed up. Yeah. They want to go. But you're like, you're not, you're not going. You're going to learn from this. Well, and... and Good but, example. You know, at this point, the, the we're kind of at a pivotal moment. They've come out of Egypt, and now they've blown it, right? And they realize that they've blown it. And this is a time where these people have lost hope. So now... You want to take it from here? I mean, I can, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know where you're going. Oh, okay. Well, so they've... Okay, you know where I'm going, all right. Oh, you're going to keep on going. <laughs> keep going. Remember their response? 
you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and so essentially they've lost hope. And I think that uh, everyone who's listening to this, if I were to say, like, think of a relationship, because these people have a relationship with God. And so think of a relationship and think of a time in any relationship, and I know everybody's you know, kind of got a relationship in their mind, that you've done something that either you shouldn't have done or you know that maybe it wasn't something you did wrong, but it hurt somebody. And immediately you just get that check in your spirit. You just feel bad. And then what happens? You get desperate. You want to fix it. And then you end up making it worse, right? And so Moses actually warns the people not to go up and take the land because the Lord would not be among them. And so what do they do? Moses and the ark stay at the camp and the children of Israel decide to take matters into their own hands and they go up into the land and the Amalekites and the Canaanites smite the children of Israel as they enter the land. I mean, this is, this is one of those things where, hey, they're desperately trying to fix the thing that they've done wrong. And no favor of God. And what happens? It blows up in their face. And I, no I've, favor. I've been in that situation personally in a relationship uh, mo- probably multiple times in my life. I just can't, you know, I don't care to go back and think of them right now. But uh, I-, I would venture to say everybody's kind of been in that position. And that's the position that these folks were in. They were in that position. They had lost hope. They knew now that they're not going to make it into the land. Uh, and so they're going to take matters into their own hands and-, and do it their own way. And let me just ask you guys a question for, for those that are listening. Uh, when you have decided to do things your own way instead of God's way, how did that work out for you? You know, did it work? How about you? Did it's it work a out for you? Song by Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> you can go your own way, go your own way. <laughs> it's not going to work, folks. You know, the land will spit you out. You know, we talk about having a Beit Hill in Israel. Everybody, man, this is our dream. This is our hope. And you know what? God's going to make it happen. He is going to make it happen. Because when we we set foot in there, it's going to be rocking. It's going to be incredible, you know. So just something to think about. You know, we we don't want to do anything outside the will of God. And let me just encourage all of you in this matter that prophecies are being filled all around us. And, of course, we're going to be moving on. We did chapters 13, 14. Uh, In Numbers chapter 15, we have the laws about the offerings. And, of course, the Lord is going to give instructions now. I love this, Ryan. It doesn't matter. People drop the ball. They fell away. This has happened. You're not getting this. He's like, listen, but let me talk to you about offerings. Why? Because we want to bring our best offering, you know. Uh, I had a thought about this, by the way. We want to bring our best offering. It just came, just occurred to me, and and you guys can email me and correct me if I'm wrong, but I was just thinking, you know, in the past when we've looked at offerings, the instructions were when you go into the land, when you go into the land, when you go into the land. Well, now they're not going to go into the land, so he's got to give instructions for offerings. No, that's a good point. I mean, think about it. Because you wonder why is this instruction here in this place? He's already done all this. You know, it's it's interesting, Ryan, that it's been imparted to me, like it's, it's just a part of my life that everything I do is unto the Lord. So if I really want to put forth that effort or, you know, pick up a piece of trash or just go out of my way and really do extra, do more, it's because of the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that we work for Jesus, that we do things in his name, you know, and it needs to get done. And and, and it's like, what does he care about? You know, God cares about the Jewish people. He loves the Jewish people. Absolutely. He's not done with them, you know. And and so as we begin to look at uh, Numbers chapter 15, verses 15 and 16, it says, I love this, in regards to the people as a whole, it says, one ordinance shall be both for you of the congregation and also for the stranger that sojourneth with you. An ordinance forever in your generations, as ye are, so shall the stranger be before the Lord. One law and one manner shall be for you and for the stranger that sojourneth with you. 
So this isn't just some guy that's coming in off the street. This is a guy that comes alongside this and say, we want to be a part of you. And that's what the Christians are doing. They say, hey, we want to come alongside the Jewish people. We want to believe for them and pray for them and, and help them and, and, do, and, and come alongside. And, and guess what? They'll be considered the commonwealth of Israel. They're going to be a part of Israel. And so we can see this being played out even today. You know, uh, those that are coming into Hebrew roots, um, you know, and just been in it for a few months or a, a few years, you know, there are equals. You know, we're all in this together. Right. You know, just because you know something more than somebody else doesn't mean they're not going to get an inheritance, you know. And so think about that. Well, and think about the you wages know? in the kingdom well, of heaven. What did you agree to? The kingdom of heaven is like oh, an yeah. employer, right? Oh, hey, he says, yeah. come and work in my field. I already agreed to mine. I got the wages, yeah. you know. And then the guy who shows up late right before the shift ends, he gets the same wages. Well, what did Yeshua say? Hey, you, you already agreed to this. That's I'm correct. In. I've been in it for some time now. And so we can see this uh, happening. You know... It's funny, Ryan, even at Beit Tehillah, you know, there, there's just this spirit. There's something wanting to buck the system. There's this thing that's what, like a poke me in the eye or something, you know, and I feel <laughs> it. I see it. You've experienced it, too. Oh, I have. I yeah. know you have personally. Oh, I know. And so we don't take it personal, but we take it because here's the thing. Something good's coming. So, so why do I tell you this story? Because it's like God is like saying everything's going to be OK. Here's the offerings. Here's what's going on. And, and if you could lead us into the next story. It's kind of like, you know, we write the ship and we're going in the right direction now. There's been a little bit of a mutiny. We had them walk the plank. Now the ship has left the harbor. We're doing good. I hope they can swim. But <laughs> I hope they can swim. Oh, my gosh. I'm just saying. The, yeah. the boats left the port. I mean, so in the biblical examples, give, they, they get stoned. So I, Well, no, we won't go there. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying that, you know, the train is at the station, you know. So go follow into the next storyline. Well, and we don't know we don't know all the details. Right. We just know the judgment was pretty severe. So share, I, share with I everyone do. about the... Uh, the guy that gathered sticks on the Shabbat. I, I do, and I have one quick thought actually about this. Whole, we got to bring it up. One ordinance shall be for the congregation and for the ones you know that are homeborn and the ones that sojourn, uh, the stranger that sojourns among you. Uh, that's also cross reference from uh, Numbers chapter nine verse fourteen, and in nine fourteen it's talking specifically about the Passover. Well, here now we're expanding the context of this whole one ordinance idea out right. to the rest of the children of Israel. That's and good. so it's important to kind I of like that. Yeah. See? yeah we're, we're, one we're, standard. We're casting the net a little further right. out. Rather half the than, kids do dietary laws. The other half don't. Oh yeah. We don't do that. So, so there's a guy and um, you know, we now know about, you know, the, the laws of God at this point, the laws of the Sabbath and what happens? Well, he goes and he's on the Sabbath and Contrary to what he should have been doing, he decides he's going to start picking up some sticks. And when we say gathering sticks, he's gathering, you know, firewood is basically what he's doing. And, uh, well, this is obviously against the... Is it out of spite? The law. Is well, it just and, hardened heart? Well, I, I think I mean, that's, a, that's a steep judgment. Well, man. what happens is they end up stoning him, right? We all so, get stoned. But here's the thing. Uh, and and I, I, I agree with you. So there's little context given for the the way that he's doing it. But I think probably two things are at play here. Number one, God is now having to set an example. The people have lost hope. They go out and they go try to go to war. There's, you know, uh, chaos in the camp because the people have lost hope and order has to be reestablished. And so God is setting an example here um, and, and allows this judgment to be met out. That's very severe. And so I think that that's one thing that this, sometimes God has to make an example. And I don't know personally, uh, about this person's, you know, uh, eternal fate, but I know that naturally that he was stoned and he died. Um, 
but what's interesting is the result. And I think that the result is, is the commandment of the fringes, the seat seat. Oh, you're going to go into the seat seat. I am because look at it. You know, uh, Lester Gonzalez was in my group last night. Uh, shout out to Lester. And you know, he brought this up that it just very interesting that right after it, we get the commandment of the seat seat with the thread of blue, the, the so fringes on the garment. have a remembrance. Right. And with the thread of you blue. You want to read the verses, the two verses? I would love to. Man, see, when you, there's certain questions you ask me, and I'm like, eh. And then there's certain ones where I'm like, yes. So it says, should be all the time. I mean, I take that back. Thank you. All the time. Thank so you. it says, speak unto the children of Israel and bid them that they make them fringes in the borders of their garments throughout their generations, and that they put upon the fringe of the borders a ribbon of blue. And it shall be unto you for a fringe, that ye may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them and that ye seek not after your own heart and your own eyes after which you used to go a whoring uh and then verse 41 i am the lord your god which brought you out of the land of egypt to be your god i am the lord your god i just i love this commandment about the zitzits to remind you of the commandments of the lord so that you will do them i just think that that's a fantastic thing and i think maybe maybe this guy needed a, a reminder right so they they didn't want them to forget this incident of having to stone this man in the camp because of breaking the law of the sabbath and that they end up uh with the commandment of the zitzit as a reminder so that you won't forget so that you don't go a whoring after your own heart because how many of us have desires in our own hearts that are contrary to god's or that we have ambitions that are contrary to god's plan or that we have thoughts and, and emotions that we allow to get the best of us. And if we have something, a physical reminder that we can grab onto and say, hey, you know, this is a reminder of God's commands. And I'll then, go a step further in the New Testament. You know, it actually says in the Gospels that this woman grabbed the hem of his garment. Now, in the Greek, there's no, there's no Greek word for fringes or zitzits, <laughs> you know, uh, with the thread of blue. And so when, when she reached out for the hem of his garment... She was reaching for a tzitzit. Are you saying there's healing in his wings? She, yeah, she knew the prophecy. Yeah. And so anyway, it, that, that's kind of fascinating. So uh, in closing here, what two lessons can be learned from the Torah portion? Shalach sent forth, uh, shalach lacha, and of course it's Numbers chapter 13, verse 1, all the way through chapter 15, verse 41. And I'd like to just share two with you quickly here that I want Ryan to share as well. But number one, I want to share this with all of you that are listening. Uh, God didn't send the spies in the land to see if they could take it. Now, I'm going to put this together like a CSI Jerusalem kind of thing, you know, uh, clues and, and witnesses and word, the word. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 21. So, Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 21. Check this out. Behold, the Lord thy God hath set the land before thee. Go up and possess it. As the Lord God of thy fathers hath said unto thee, fear not, neither be discouraged. Notice, fear not, don't be discouraged. Take the land. And you came near unto me, every one of you, and said, We will send men before us. Whoa, is it a God idea? Or, or a good idea? Is it a good idea, idea or a God idea? And they shall search us out the land and bring us word again by what way we must go up and into what cities we shall come. And the saying pleased me well. And I took twelve men of you, one of a tribe. And they turned and went up into the mountain and came into the valley of Eshcol. And searched it out. And they took of the fruit of the land in their hands and brought it down unto us and brought us word again and said, It is a good land which the Lord our God doth give us. Notwithstanding, ye would not go up, but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God. And you murmured 
You murmured in your tents and said, Because the Lord hated us, he hath brought us forth out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Wow, look at that. So whose idea was it to go into the land? It was the people's idea. Wow, this sounds like a democracy. What's a theocracy? Let's do it God's way. So once again, as we share having a bait to heal in Israel and all these things that we're sharing, we have no fear. We have great expectation. This is an adventure. This is a journey. This is incredible. Think about who's in the land right now, Ryan. Think about it. you got the Baha'i Faith Headquarters, New Age, in the land of Israel. You have Druze. You have Muslims. You, you have Greek Orthodox, Russian Orthodox, even at the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. And who controls the garden tomb? Well, you know what? That's an old chap, <laughs> you know? At the garden tomb, it's, it's England. It's Britain. I mean, think about it. So think about it. God didn't send the spies in the land to see if they could take it. Man, I know when God creates this opportunity, Ryan, we are going for it. Number two, this is important. Listen up, everybody. The power of influence. Ten men affected thousands of people. Ten men affected thousands of people. Don't say you're not an influence. Don't say you don't have influence. You are a witness. You are a servant of the Lord. Okay? You are grafted into the altar. You are Israel. The root is Yeshua. Remember... There's nothing you, you can do without Yeshua. He will empower you. He will do it. So the power of influence is important. So that's why as, as a church, as, as Christians with Torah, we're trying to spread the word about praying for Israel and praying for the peace of Jerusalem and loving the Jewish people, believing for the Jewish people and extending a hand to them. You know, uh, an example of this is that the Apostle Paul turned the city of Ephesus upside down with the gospel. One person. Ryan, what can our community do? What difference can we make? Uh, we can make a big difference. We're already making a difference. I agree. I have three famous words. Come on, somebody! <laughs> Live what's revealed. I'm going to let you close it out. All right, so the two that our group came up with, um, you know, when we were pondering the question about how the uh, Hebrew Roots Movement has gotten away from the purposes of God today, um, the first thing that came to my mind is, well, what, what is the purpose of the Hebrew Roots Movement? You know, what, what, can we put we a, get to the root? a definition on this? And so... Um, I, I personally believe, and, and there may be other ways for me to phrase this, but I hope you guys understand uh, my heart on this. Uh, but I believe the purpose of the Hebrew roots is to fulfill prophecy and to usher in the redemption, the return of Messiah. That's awesome. And how are we going to fulfill the prophecies but to know them? That's right. Read and, the and prophets. Well, and that's exactly right, to get in, into the Word of God. That's so good. I, it is good, because if we're fulfilling prophecy, then that means, hey, you know, look at Hayavel. They're uh, planting vineyards on the mountains of Samaria. I mean, that's literally right out of the book of Jeremiah. I mean, that's prophecy being fulfilled. I look at um, the restoration and the regathering of the whole house of Israel. That's prophecy being fulfilled. When we have people coming and wanting to join with us from Israel, Orthodox Jews, and they're saying, hey, you know, maybe we don't all agree on everything, but we have common purposes and we both love the Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, and we can do things together. The restoration and the regathering of the whole house of Israel. Us gathering in the Ephraimites. Those of you that are out there and you're, you're finding Torah, we want you. We want you to be part of our community. We believe that um, this place is a safe haven for those that are coming into the Hebrew roots. The Christians with Torah. Um, and that, they, that, that we need to come into maturity together. The second thing was uh, intercession is greater 
than condemnation. Intercession is greater than condemnation. Uh, and there were two verses that were brought up uh, within our group about that. And uh, the first one uh, was that a soft answer turns away wrath. And the second was that prayer diffuses anger. And I was just thinking that a posture of intercession and prayer, that if somebody comes at you and they, you know, you know, whatever, slap you in the face in some proverbial manner or literally, and your first uh, instinct is to fall on your face before God and intercede on their behalf, when you get up from that and now you're ready to engage with the individual or group, you have a different perspective. You have the perspective of the Lord and you're looking at the end result that the Lord wants and your actions will reflect uh, a hope for that, that, that end. That's awesome. I, I want to close out with blowing the shofar Woo. to call forth the, uh, the children of Israel from the north, south, east, and west. We're going to blow the shofar, call forth an assembly. I and, like it. Uh, and yeah, and uh, so here we go. Let's let's blow the shofar in in conclusion of this wonderful podcast. Wonderful listeners, sons and daughters of God, be encouraged. Look up, your redemption draweth nigh. Go after your inheritance. Don't be lied to. Don't be deceived. Don't be sitting on your blessed assurance. Let's do this thing. All right, here we go. Praise the Lord. Awesome. Well, so thank you guys so much for listening. We love you. God bless you. Um, if you guys want to reach out to me, you can email me at ryan at topraise.net, ryan at topraise.net. Uh, you can call the office at 813-654-2222. Uh, you guys can live stream our services at topraise.net and also on all of our social media platforms. Uh, and listen, go out into the land and give a good report for the Lord. God, he is good. Uh, he is he is faithful. He is worthy of our praise. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week.